Hi, this is Eric Derbyshire with Adventures with Eric. Today, we're going to listen to Chapter 17, The Drive-In Theater. Come on, you guys, move it up, I quietly said as I crawled toward the fence. The fence was painted red, and the boards were at least 12 feet tall with barbed wire on the top. Aw, man, I think I put my hand on a nettle. Scott whined as he crawled up next to me. It was dusk, the perfect time for us to be where we were. If everything went right, we wouldn't even miss the previews. Are you sure you know where the loose board is? Yep, I was down here with Mom about a week ago. She had me picking raspberries. I noticed that one of the boards was swinging. I pushed it into place and marked it with a big stick. That's the big stick there! Quietly, we moved the loose board to allow us to go through the fence. We had heard stories about patrol dogs and sentries and weren't taking any chances. The men from Weenie were the best men in a dangerous situation, and that is exactly what patrol dogs and sentries made this. Through the fence and down toward the crest of the hill, we went. We had a view looking out over the full drive-in theater parking lot. Wow! I never realized that drive-in theaters looked just like on TV, Spud said as he gathered stuff from his pack. My parents would never go to a drive-in. This is so cool! Prior to the outing, the men from Weenie had to manipulate a number of plans in order to allow them the secrecy the mission required. Both Spud and I arranged to stay at Scott's house. Scott's parents weren't as concerned about us boys seeking out adventure at night. Scott's dad put up a fuss, but when we suggested he could come along, he realized he didn't have what it takes to be a man from Weenie. We gathered supplies from the vast stores at Outpost Scott, and all that was left was for the mission to be completed. The movie hadn't begun, but the previews were on. We needed to find an empty speaker to sit beside, but it also had to be hidden, as we didn't want to get caught. Okay, men, spread out and find a good speaker, I said. Having never been to a drive-in theater before, Spud questioned, How do we tell the difference between a good speaker and a bad one? Well, first there's the sound. If we can hear what's being said on the screen, it is a good speaker. But we also need one next to a truck or large vehicle, so we will be hidden. I said as I scoped the area. If there was a good speaker around, this man from Weenie would find it. Hey, I have a good one, Scott yelled. Spud and I looked toward where Scott was yelling and agreed it looked like a good spot. There was a big flatbed truck in the back row and there weren't other vehicles around. We could take the speaker and sit under the flatbed part of the truck. When we had pulled the speaker down with us, we found that, even though it was a little crackly, the speaker worked well enough for us to hear what was happening. Leaning back on our backpacks, we sat and watched the movie. And just being out in the open with my friends made this great. The movie wasn't the important part. At the intermission, Spud decided he would get some pop and popcorn. While he was gone, Scott mentioned, I heard the guy that runs this place has a really vicious dog, and he sicks it on kids who have sneaked in to watch the movie. Yeah, I heard that too, but it can't be true. It is something they say to scare kids to stop them from sneaking in here. Did you hear something? 
Nice try, Eric. The only thing I hear is dancing popcorn up on the screen. No, I'm serious. I thought I could hear something like sniffing. Upon finishing the last word, I looked up into the eyes of a large German Shepherd dog at the end of a leash. And what do you kids think you're doing? The man at the other end of the leash questioned. Uh, we're just watching the movie outside the truck, Scott stammered. Yeah, we would rather watch it outside than in. Is that so? Your parents seem to be awfully young. I think you sneaked in here and are watching without paying. We have a policy for kids that do that, the theater man said. Scott and I both had visions visions of the man sicking his dog. We could picture all sorts of hideous things. As I was thinking this, I looked toward the concession and saw Spud walking back in our direction. I tried to make motions for Spud to go away, but he kept coming. At the same time, I heard Scott saying, It is all his fault. I didn't want to come. He made me. Please don't let your dog eat me. I could tell Scott was a moment away from total blubbering. As Spud walked toward the problem, him being a man from Weenie, he noticed what was happening and knew this called for drastic action. Ahead of him were three young kids in their pajamas climbing into a station wagon. Spud followed the kids and sat down next to them. He offered his popcorn and pop so the kids didn't say anything to their parents who were in the front seat of the car. The next feature was beginning, so Spud settled down as part of the family for a while. Maybe I should ask your parents in the truck and see what they have to say, the man with the dog was saying. No, you don't have to do that. You've caught us. I said, realizing that involving the people in the truck would only make things worse. Scott and I were marched toward the concession by the man with the big dog. Once inside the concession, the man said, I figure for sneaking in, you owe us the cost of two admissions. That means you will help by cleaning out the popcorn machine and by picking up garbage until the next movie is done. Boy, were we relieved. You mean we have to help? You aren't going to sick your dog on us? Scott said. That's right. Joanne will show you what to do. We were shown how to clean numerous appliances. We began our tasks, feeling grateful that this was the punishment. Meanwhile, Spud must have began to think about what was happening to us and was devising a plan. I was really scared. I thought for sure he was going to get his dog to bite. I'm sorry for what I said about you making me come here. I didn't mean it, said Scott, the master of backpedaling. Nice try, Scott. I think your behavior needs to be reviewed at the next meeting of the men from Weenie. I said, hoping to cause him great fear. Oh, sounds good to me. It won't happen again. Unfortunately, Spud had heard the same rumors as Scott and I. So when he saw us get marched into the concession hut, he thought it was only a matter of time before we were running from the gnashing teeth of the German Shepherd. Spud wasn't sure what to do, but was sure he didn't want to be chased and possibly caught by some dog. He also realized he was a man from Weenie. And any man from Weenie worth his weight in Jawbreakers had to at least attempt to help his fellow Weenies. Spud thought and watched the movie while eating his copious amounts of snacks. Then it came to him. Spud tried to casually get out of the car, but when he opened the door, the light came on and the adults turned to see what was happening. What was happening was there was an unknown boy getting out of their car. They tried to say something, but Spud was on his way. 
He headed for the now-closed concession, and he still had a bag of popcorn and most of a hot dog bun. One of the kids in the car had eaten the rest of the hot dog. As quietly as he could, Spud walked around to the back of the building. Spud wasn't disappointed. He thought the dog would be back there somewhere. And he was right. The dog looked up at Spud and started to walk toward him. Spud threw the bun and all the popcorn on the ground by the dog, and the dog forgot all about him as it dove into the popcorn. Now all Spud had to do was find us. He looked in a window, and there we were washing dishes. Spud thought, so that is what happens. He tapped on the window to get our attention. Then he mouthed the words, I'm going home. There wasn't anything for us to do but look. We had another 40 minutes of work left, and there was no point in getting Spud in there as well. We longingly watched the dark silhouette head for the fence. What Spud didn't realize was the owner had found the spot and fixed the board. The other thing Spud didn't realize was the dog now thought Spud was his best friend. As Spud walked away, he didn't notice the dog was following. Spud got to where the loose board was and tried to push it. It didn't budge. He felt something pushing on him at the back of his armpit. Slowly he turned and there was the dog. Spud tried to shoo it away, but it was expecting more food. And then he heard it. Brutus! Come on, boy! Brutus! Brutus let out a bark to say where he was, and Spud was trapped. So, we have another helper, do we? The drive-in man asked. I guess so, Spud replied. They walked back to the concession. Spud asked lots of questions about drive-in theaters. The man was surprised that Bud, that Spud had never been to one before. He introduced Spud to us, and as the drive-in operator suspected, we all knew one another. The rest of the evening was spent picking up garbage. After the cars had all gone, the operator offered to give us a ride. We took him up on the offer and he said, If you boys want to come back, but don't have a ride, you can sit in the motorless old car we have out front. But you have to come through the gate and you have to pay. Wow! Did you hear that? Our own car! That will be so cool! I said. Scott replied, You guys will have to stay over next weekend and we can go to the drive-in. And that is exactly what we did. And I didn't mention to anybody about Scott's whining. It would be something that I might have a use for at a later date. Thank you for listening. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Check in next week when you're going to hear Chapter 18, Haunted Houses.